Hey guys, thanks so much for joining in today. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're watching and I hope and pray you're challenged and encouraged today in your Christian walk with the Lord. I'm joined by Tim Burke today and Tim is a great man of God and you are gonna just be encouraged today. Uh, Tim has been a Major League Baseball all-star pitcher. Uh, He's also in the NHL as a chaplain. So this guy has been around a lot of athletes. He's been around a lot of men in his life and doing ministry and God's just done an incredible work in his heart and I can't wait for you to hear from him today. So, Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, man, Jeff, it's great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I love lo- being around you. Yeah, I get excited being around you. So, oh. hey, tell me about just kind of your career and, uh, you know, your family and kind of your growing up years. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Omaha mm-hmm. and uh, just went to Catholic school uh, for 12 years, all through that, which was uh, which I'm... Uh, I'm thankful for that put God on my radar. I've come across so many mm. guys through the years. Well, God isn't even on their radar. I yeah. mean that that was that was good for me. And then uh, yeah, then I went. I was baseball and basketball in high school, and then I got a baseball scholarship to uh, University of Nebraska. So just went down the road there and played there three years mm. and got drafted. Uh, I was a second round pick of Pittsburgh in the draft and so left after my junior year and started a 13 year pro baseball career and uh, man that is uh, that in and of itself is a crazy journey just uh, you know the ups and downs and like the because the sports sports team a sports season a an athlete, um, when you're playing, it's just a little tiny microcosm of life. Wow. It really is, man. Mm. And so with all the ups and downs, it's like crazy. But I, yeah, I had, I, um, one of the things that I uh, learned early on is pain. Mm. I, I, I uh, and I didn't realize till later, but it really shaped me in the fact that um, I, when I was five, my brother died, my hero, my brother died in a car accident when I was five. He was 18, died that, in that ca- accident. And then uh, uh, four years later, my mom got breast cancer, and then it slowly, for seven years, um, slowly ripped through her and then so when I was 16 she died and um, you know you just you just your life you just do you live what you live well you live you experience what you experience and then but now you know many years later I look back and think wow those things really shaped me in some serious ways seriously damaging ways and also but um I think through some through those losses, I just had a safe spot. My safe spot was on that pitching mound because I was good at it, and um, and that's uh, that. I think that kind of fueled me. That was where nothing bad was going to happen <clears throat> unless somebody took me deep, yeah. up a home run. I've experienced a lot of downtimes on the mound too, but I didn't think like at least there I know what I'm doing, and, <clears throat> and so. That shaped me a lot, wow. but yeah, 13 years of pro ball, and um, mm. yeah, it's, uh, in the last eight years of those was in the big leagues. Yeah, 
What, do you have a like a highlight from that or like? Your yeah. Facebook oh or? yeah. The the highlight would be the '89 All Star game. Really? I, I was on the All Star team. We were going to adopt uh, our second child, Ryan, from Guatemala. We were going during the All Star. We had you know you, you, these things. You know you got to go down to Guatemala to get him. We scheduled it way ahead of time. wasn't anticipating being in the All Star game. We just had an All Star break, and so yeah. we're gonna fly down, get him, come back, and so. Um, we, uh, I made the all-star team that week. And so Christine says, man, I mean, I said, Hey, I don't need to go. I, yeah. I, we're going to Guatemala. And she goes, no, you cannot miss this opportunity. So she flew down to Guatemala. I went to the all-star game, pitched. I was the only National League pitcher to pitch two innings. I pitched really well. And so they kept me in for two. That's and then crazy. as soon as the game was over, I had a guy drive me to LAX. The game was in Anaheim. Flew from LAX over, overnight to Guatemala City. <laughs> we adopted our uh, son, Ryan, and flew back the next day. And it was, uh, I mean, man, that's a pretty Praise God. crazy yeah. <laughs> weekend. ESPN took a film crew down, too. They, they heard about it, you know, and... And uh, there's so many funny stories about that. But the ESPN crew, they wanted to follow me down. So I, we, they went down, did a story on it. They, like, won an Emmy for this little yeah. documentary thing. It was cool. And God really used it in great Amen. ways for yeah. adoption. So it was very cool. That's, that's tough to beat. That's, yeah. a, that's <laughs> a highlight. That's a big weekend right yeah. there. Yeah. Praise God, dude. That's yeah. great. Cool. Oh, man. I mean, God's done so many things in your life. When did you come to know Christ? When did you become a Christ follower? Was that in college or was that? No, it was the final sealing the deal was August 25th, 1982. Wow. It was in Buffalo, New York, and uh, I was playing double-A ball, and Christine and I were going to get married at the end of that season, have a really cool, nice wedding and all that stuff, and I went to spring training, and I just thought, man, I don't want to be away from her this whole season. We'd been dating a year, so a year and a half by the time we got married. And, uh, I just said, hey, I'm going to be in Buffalo playing. Just come to Buffalo. Let's just get married. The heck with the, you know, and, and so she said, okay. And so she came. We got married uh, May 5th, and so, uh, but she didn't know what she was getting into. Mm. Um, I had a drinking problem. Mm. I had a serious problem pitching problem because <laughs> mm. God was God was my I mean my God was baseball oh yeah and I couldn't get anybody out that year um and then Christine and I get married and I'm a disaster as a husband the marriage started off horrible so anyway long story short is through that she's going home and getting a divorce and two teammates reached out to me guys I want you to hear this because this was just two Christians that didn't know what the heck was going on with me, but they invited me to a Bible study. I'd never been invited. I'd never been interested. It was like, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. But um, they invited me because they... I don't know, I guess listened to God or had a compassion for the people around them. And so um, 
I try to remind people of that. Yeah. Who's around you that maybe, yeah, maybe the Lord's nudging me to, and they don't have, there's no interest, they don't have any interest in it. I'm not even going to ask. Well, that was me. And so we went to that first Bible study, and, and so, I mean, I could talk all day about all this stuff. I got to keep it short. But uh, we went to that first Bible study. Christine said, okay, I won't go get a divorce. I'll stick around for the Bible study. And she, I, neither of us had any interest in it, but she said, and I agreed with her, it's like, well, it ain't going to make anything any worse. So we went. First Bible study, the, the chaplain, the pastor, man, he spelled out what it was to be a Christian, that Jesus putting our faith in him, he has to be number one in our life. We got to give up running our life and let him take over. And I was like, we walked out of that Bible study thinking, okay, I am not a Christian. And she said, I'm not either. I thought we were decent people. You know, and I mean, decent, we're, we're okay. We're going to heaven. And I was like, uh, we, we believed in the Bible. We just never read it. And it's like, that's what the Bible says? I was like, oh. So we thought, you know, if we get hit by a bus right now, we're, we're not going to heaven when yeah. we die. And so anyway, she gave me a one-week extension on the marriage. Um, we went to the next Bible study, learned a little more. God started putting a little desire to learn more. So I started reading. She started reading. And so August 25th, we woke up. I woke up that morning and uh, ran across this First Peter 5, 7. Mm. That was it. I, it was like God connected all the dots. And they, the First Peter 5, 7 says, um, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And when I, it's like, uh, oh, and then I got it. It was like, oh, my gosh. God loves me. <laughs> and cares so much about me, he wants my drinking problems, my pitching problems, my marriage problems. He, it's because he loves me. It's not like doing stuff. And it's like, and that was it. It's like, okay. Christine and I both prayed that right then. It was like, all right, Lord. This life is yours. I've made a mess of it. Christine's made a mess of it. Um, we're yours. Wow. And that started the journey, you know. Wow. So I was a double-A player in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. It was... Uh, Amen. Yeah, it was, it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So what happened from there? How did you uh, grow in the Lord? And Yeah, then... Um, you know what, um, after that, my career really kind of took off, mm -hmm. and I got to the big leagues and had a really good run in the big leagues, was very good, and uh, also, when we made that decision for the Lord, man, we were serious, and so yeah. we really were committed and growing and... and uh, um, yeah, just serious about our faith. And so then we got, you know, once you get to the big leagues, you get a little bit of famous, and then Christians find out about you, and then you're, we're really famous in the Christian world. Then we're adopting international children. And so it was like, wow, that was, oh, that's kind of cool. And so anyway, God moved in my heart. I didn't, we, we weren't going to be able to have kids. And mm. here's another story. Christine uh, 
when we found that out, I'm in Montreal. This is probably the second year in the big leagues, and um, she says, I'd really like to adopt. And I just thought, oh, there is no way in the world <laughs> I can love another person's child enough to adopt it. There's no way. But I, I, I just apologized, and I just said, I am so sorry, but I just can't do it. And she was so understanding. She, cool, that's okay, I, all right, that's all right. And so um, little did I know she was praying behind my back for the next year, and God changed my heart. We're driving down Dodge Street, Omaha, Nebraska, in the off season the next year, and it was, I, I remember the instant that all of a sudden I realized in my heart, I I turned to Christine and I said, you know, I just have this desire, deep desire to adopt a little Korean girl. And she almost fell out of the truck and just lost it. And just, and she told me she'd been praying for me to, for God to change my heart. And, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you and I were guys, we can change our mind, but only God can change our hearts. And he did it and it was like, oh, that was like just major, deeper in growing our faith in the fact that, oh my gosh, he just blatantly did something that no possible could have happened other than him. And so, anyway, so we started adopting, and uh, long story short, we ended up adopting five kids, most of them special needs kids, from all from other countries, and um, you know, so, but we kept growing. We really loved the Lord. He kept do, and using us in mm. big ways. Like, we were, we were kind of a, you know, kind of a poster family for, like, focus on the family, <laughs> po poster children for, for focus on the family, and, you know, we were, you know, at this international family and all this stuff and doing, you know, and, and really seeking to, for God to use us, and it was really going well, and then God, um, in spring training uh, of 93, God just completely changed my heart, and I retired from baseball. He totally took my heart away from baseball, and, you know, I guess if you're a, you know, especially a pro athlete, you are, I mean, you are all in. This is all, this is passion. This is, and he took it away, and he put it toward my family, and I knew I needed to retire, and so we retired. I, um, and then Focus on the Family wanted us to write a book about our story up to that point. We wrote a book called Major League Dad, and it really did well. I'm speaking around the country, and God's using us in amazing ways. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, you know, that took us about five years. And plus, I'm doing, we were doing, uh, we started our own ministry to retired athletes and their wives. So, I mean, ever since I became a Christian, I've been around pro athletes and higher profile people. And God, that's just kind of been a theme for God that he just kind of has me in that world. And so, you know, we just, we roll with the world God gives us. And, uh, but that, um, that took us up, toward the 
<clears throat> late 90s and life changed. Mm, so. Yeah. And now you're working with hockey players, like in NHL. Yeah, it's crazy, man. How'd you I get was, into hockey from? Well, I played seven years up in Montreal for the Expos. And so um, if you're young, you don't even know Expos. What are the Expos? Expo, Montreal Expos, uh, they were in the big leagues. They're now the Washington Nationals. But yeah, so oh, yeah. Um, so my set, and that's hockey is, that's hockey world central yeah. up there in montreal so uh the people that were doing our bible studies were actually uh working they were the founders of hockey ministries international that did the ministry in hockey and so i came great friends with them became i got uh i was just around it i loved it i got to know some players one of the you know a couple of the very few christians in the league it's and i was like oh my gosh this mm. is the, this culture is nothing like anything I've been around before. It was so dark. And so God gave me a heart for the hockey players, the hockey world. And um, yeah, that's what got me into the hockey side of things. Yeah. Plus, I was well known being a player in Montreal. Yeah. So. Uh, like a lot of Canada knew my name, knew who I was, knew the adoption stories, and so h half the league was in the NHL, half the league's Canadian, so that kind of gave me a foot in the door to begin with, That's awesome. you know? Yeah. Well, Tim, you work with a lot of men. I mean, you're around a lot of professional athletes, you're around a lot of men. What are the things that men struggle with? If you, as you see this, are there things <sighs> universal that kind of all men struggle with or things that guys face that you just go, yeah, that's, that's something that the guy deals with. Yeah, I, uh, you know, um, we were really good Christians up through the late 90s, mm. um, doing all the right things, and, um, but our world fell apart <clears throat> in the late 90s. Um, one of our children was really having struggles and just, you know, I mean, it's just too much to go into, but the um, bottom line is there's this thing in the psychological world, uh, reactive attachment disorder. <clears throat> and what it is is a lot of kids, not a lot percentage-wise, but there are kids that... Um, being adopted, especially from really impoverished, abused backgrounds, mm. um, they're so damaged at a young age that they look normal on the outside, but on the inside, they're empty. It's like they have no conscience. It's like they were born behind the eight ball and just, you know, and so we uh, had a lot of difficulties. And we, back then, hardly anybody knew anything about attachment disorder and right. issues and so anyway at, at one time <clears throat> we had four kids in four different institutions um, and uh, you know the one at home she's mentally handicapped she's still at home with us she's 30 and and she's just uh, basically a mentally a toddler so she's uh, brain damaged but she's awesome but anyway so we Again, long story short, but we had to give up two of our kids through all these difficulties and heartaches, and um, 
destroyed us, crushed mm. us. And Christine and I, in a marriage, when you're going through really difficult times, you're going to take it out on each other. Mm. And we did. We hated each other. She filed for divorce. We were done, mm. done, separated. Um, it was over. I thought, God, how? Like, I was a really good player for you. We did so many good things for you, and you let this happen to us? Mm. And I'm thinking, like, like a lot of us think, it's mm -hmm. like, I'm a Christian. God should take care of me. I'm like, well, well where do we get that idea? Mm. I mean, in that book, mm -hmm. in that Bible, mm. there isn't anybody that that happened to. Everybody went through difficult times, and mm. usually the most significant times in their lives spiritually have been the difficult times, and I was just so entitled. And that's one of the things about pro athletes. A lot of <clears throat> we're really entitled because we're, that's the world we're in. And so... I got so mad at God, I just said, okay, screw you. You mm -hmm. you turn your back on me. You've forgotten about me. I'm doing the same to you, and I was done. Marriage was done. All I could do, losing kids, and the the others were still really struggling, and mm -hmm. just the, the abuse and the damage behind the scenes that we didn't know was... Uh, unfathomable and the pain was even more so and so um, I just walked away from him and God in just crazy ways um, lovingly brought me back to him <clears throat> he started with me <clears throat> I got a DUI got into an accident got arrested spent the night in jail this is down in Houston <clears throat> And I'm living in uh, living in Wayne Watson's apartment, apart apart from his house. You may remember Wayne Watson from Christian music yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. And so anyway, <clears throat> uh, they revoke my license. They're going to revoke my license the next day. They already I already went to court and did all that and got community service. And I'm I'm you know when you take your stuff to Goodwill, I'm the guy that takes the stuff from you, takes it into Goodwill, sorts it out. That was my job for like three months, two months. That was my community service. And that's how my, my, I had no life. I was bottomed out. I'm walking the mall, last day I have a car before they revoke my license and I walk by a Christian bookstore and we had read all the books. We knew all of that. And I walk by there and I think, what a bunch of crap in there. Mm. Uh, not the Bible, not Jesus. I know he's the way, the truth, and the life. I know that. I, that's, I got it. That's true. <clears throat> For whatever reason, I fell off his radar, but yeah. he's, he is who he says he is. I know. But these other books, the how to... Yeah. Whatever, how to divorce-proof your marriage, how to make your life wonderful, how to, you know, these books where there's steps to make life great. I was just thinking, that's a bunch of crap. We've read all that, been down that road, and, um, and I'm walking by, but there was one uh, stand in the <clears throat> front of the bookstore because it was a brand-new book coming out, and so they were, they were publicizing it, and it was by a guy named Ray Larry Crabb. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Larry, I read his books, didn't know him, but I read his books, tracked, it was like, oh my gosh, that's the one guy that would have stopped me in my tracks walking by that bookstore. And I look and I thought, huh, all right, I'll go look and see whatever it is that he just wrote. And I looked, I looked at the um, title and the title was Shattered Dreams. And that was me. That was my mm. life. That described everything about my world right then. And, um, mm. and I knew I almost, I could picture it in my spirit's eye. I'm standing here and I'm, and I, it's almost like I could see the Lord just peeking <laughs> around the corner with a, such a loving smile on his face. Mm. And I thought, oh man, the Lord, I got my license revoked the next day. I can't go anywhere. God wants me to buy this book. He's got me like trapped, and I, but I just could see his face and it was just so loving and boom, I bought the book. My license is revoked. I can't go anywhere. It's me in this book. And God used that to start the wheel turning to change my perspective, change my heart completely, um, renovate me <laughs> spiritually. And Christine, too, miraculously, somehow he got us back together. We, Even though we hated each other, we decided to... In obedience, God gives us one more chance. We better take it. We did it. Now we're better off than we've ever been. But <clears throat> all that to say, that taught me an important lesson, mm. a priceless lesson that, um, man, I thought I was doing as good as any Christian could possibly do. Pain happens turned me, tur totally changed my perspective, and that's where, now to get back to your question, yeah. I think the common thing for all of us is that men, we are, we're really weak. Mm. We're, we're wrapped in this stuff right here. We're wrapped in this earth suit, this flesh, mm. and that makes us weak. Mm. And so I don't care how strong we think we are or or doing well and life is going good we're just one little circumstance away from disaster mm -hmm. and and I experienced it I experienced darkness and depression and all I could do was drink and take Ambien that was my life for months and um, living in this dumpy little motel room, I was bottomed out. And God lovingly reached out to me and pulled me back to him. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm experiencing grace. Mm. This is grace. This is like he's loving me in the midst of my sin and my crap. And then he puts Larry Crabb into my life. Mm. Um gets down in the septic tank of where I'm living and he just walks with me loves me mm. gives me grace tells me tough hard stuff and 
um, I experienced Jesus in that human form of Larry, and I just got a whole new taste for grace, and I just thought, man, I've been to seemingly the bottom, and I know how lonely and depressing and terrible and painful that is. I want to be around people that hurt like that mm. because I get it and God gets it. And so we are all, you know, I think it's, it's not any, I think it's so important for us men yeah. to realize. He, he speaks of us as sheep mm. and he's the shepherd. And I'm thinking like, guys, we're like, Jeff, because you become a pastor and you've been a pastor for years and I've been in ministry for years, we stop being sheep and now we're mature Christian men. It's like, no, I'm sorry. I, no. You may disagree, <laughs> but yeah. I'm sorry. We're sheep. Yeah. We're sheep. Mm -hmm. And we don't change from being sheep. Mm -hmm. We have to, whether we're saved or not saved, mm -hmm. we have to follow the shepherd mm -hmm. Or we're going to stray, we're going to get ourselves into trouble, and we're defenseless. And so that's my baseline for yeah. all of guys is we are all boneheads, really, yeah. without him. Yeah. Oh. And even with him, mm. and we forget about him, or we can make boneheaded decisions, we're, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how great we look mm. or we, you know that's the core of us mm -hmm. and so we need him yeah so um that's my perspective yeah. of of guys that we need him and we're helpless without him mm. what do you say to guys that are out there that that maybe are where you were i mean struggling with alcohol or Ambient, can't sleep. What do you say to, to guys like that and maybe or struggling in their marriage? I say I am so sorry. Mm. It's that pain is lonely. Most guys and Jeff, I think mm. you'll agree with me, most guys don't know what to do with a friend or somebody that is really hurting to mm. that degree. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I was like, I don't want to be around anybody like that. Mm. I don't know what to say to them. I haven't been there. Mm. I like, yeah. I don't understand. And that pain that they're feeling, it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm kind of gonna. And we lost friends, mm. a number of friends, because they just didn't, couldn't deal with our pain and our struggles, and we're Christians and we're having marriage problems, mm. and that's not supposed to happen. And you know, I was like. Uh, it's such a lonely place yeah. that, um, but God, mm. but God. Mm. Uh, I mean, I could stop right there, yeah. but God, <laughs> Amen. you know, I Amen. ran across the, mm. whatever Psalm that was like a couple of weeks ago and I just stopped when I read, you know, it's like all this bad stuff's <laughs> happening at the first of the Psalm and then it says, but God, it's like, that's it. That's it. That is <laughs> yeah, it. That's but it. God, he, man, he didn't die and go through all that stuff yeah. for us because we're good mm. or it's like he cares so much for us. I like, and I didn't experience that side of it until I was to that depth of hurting, mm -hmm. that depth of bad, <laughs> that mm. depth of disobedience. And 
Mm. Oh my gosh. And I just experienced like that's that's our God. Mm -hmm. That God. That God that runs down the road mm. after his prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Um and that God, that Jesus that stands over mm. the adulterous woman and he says, yeah, go ahead. Just cast the, anybody that's sinless, you throw the first stone. Wow. And we'll just pile on. It's like, no, there is nobody and I'm defending this woman. Mm. And this woman is as bad as you can get in society. He was all for her, protecting her, guiding her, strengthening her, being there for her. And it's like, man, that's... I know for a fact that's mm. God, and I, uh, but I had to go through it. But so I guess if you can trust me in my experiences, that's mm. Jesus. He mm. comes after us in those times, and mm. um, there is no other, where are we going to go? I mean, Ambien pills booze, pornography, sex, does it work? No, it's just a temporary <laughs> yeah. mm. feel that makes things worse. I was mm. like, man, I don't know, man. Lord, I don't know how you do it, but you are worth it. Yeah. And I, as a dumb, frail, fragile, defenseless sheep, <laughs> I'm going to follow you. You're yeah. the shepherd, the good shepherd. Good shepherd. Oh, Tim. So good. So. Hey, what encouragement would you give? Just like a couple words <clears throat> of encouragement to guys out there. Because you got guys, all of us, right, in our marriages or with kids, uh, just wanting to pursue the Lord, wanting to follow him. But what, what couple of encouragements would you give us just in our lives to follow Christ? Um, you know, I, uh, you know what changed me? This, this yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. What changed me just a few years ago, I mean, I've been a Christian 38 years now. Yeah. And um, most of that time, I've never really wanted to read the Bible. It's not that fun for me, and so I know it's good for me, and I know, you know, I'm supposed to, and so I would, but I would, and I wouldn't. And I'd go, you know, and then I think after uh, so many struggles and so much pain and so much... <laughs> ups and downs that I got to a point and I don't know when it was just a few years ago it was like I don't now in these last number of years I don't read the Bible because I want to anymore that doesn't have anything to do with it I read the Bible I read his word because I need it mm. I need him I need him every day and the word is what encourages me that keeps my perspective thinking about him and if i don't if i get away from the word uh life is going to take our perspective elsewhere oh, yeah. you know and so without his perspective man i'm kind of screwed <laughs> and so um it really goes back to yeah i don't i don't doesn't matter whether I want to read it or not. I need it. And yeah. the fact mm. that I need it That's makes good. me go to him. I mm -hmm. need to eat every mm -hmm. day. I need food. I need water. I need, uh, mm. I need to feed my soul. 
my spirit and if I don't it starves and so man yeah I I, I enjoy the word more now because I need it and yeah. and I don't have to do it but it's good for me and um, coming out of our needs instead of our wants is a lot healthier I think way to look at things yeah. you know we need him Man. most we there's too many distractions there's too many other things that feed us feed our flesh that God doesn't that it's like yeah that kind of he kind of gets my leftovers but mm. nah, now it's like no I've screwed up enough I've I, I still will screw up but hopefully I'll finish well yeah. and um, that uh, I need him mm. and man my life is so much more peaceful with him yeah than without him Amen. and I'm so much better to my family and people around me and God uses me in ways that it's really fun to tag along with him and watch him work when I'm kind of plugged into him Amen. oh that's yeah. good hey Tim one last question what do you want your legacy to be <laughs> uh, that, that, I laugh at that because it's like, well, I don't, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't have a legacy. I'm not going to have a legacy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I think, um, uh, people won't remember me after mm -hmm. I die. They're going to remember me. A few will remember me that I, that I was around and with and my family and stuff but you know it's for any of us it doesn't take us long after they're dead to forget about them so I don't I don't know I don't I think we build our own legacy and when we die our legacy is how we lived and how what the fruits of it mm. or the damage of it or whatever I think that's our legacy I think you know when I die mm. whatever fruit came from that or lives mm. that were impacted or lives that were damaged or the, mm. the mess that I left I think that's our legacy when is what we leave behind after our life is over what did our life build Good, bad, or indifferent. Amen. So I really don't care about mm -hmm. a legacy. I know, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to be remembered for long. And mm -hmm. that's cool because it ain't about me. It's Amen. about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love that perspective. We're building our legacy every day, yeah. right, and the fruit that we leave. And so mm -hmm. every decision we make, but it's not about us. It's about Jesus. You yeah. Know? Tim, this yeah. has been fantastic. Man, I'm just going to keep going because it's so good. <laughs> this is fun. We're going to have you back. Um, man, guys, let me pray for us mm. right now. Father God, thank you for speaking through yes. Tim. God, just thank you, Father, for the wisdom. Um, God, I just, he's been through so much. Father, even talk about the pain that he experienced early on. And then, Father, um, all the things that he's been through. But, God, you met him. Father, and I thank you for those guys at AA Ball who <laughs> took him to that Bible study. I don't even know who they are, but God, I pray a blessing over them today. And I pray that we'd be men who look around and see the needs around us, Father, and invite others to you. 
And then I pray that we would learn that every day we're building a legacy. Every day, God, we have the opportunity to, to build others up, to encourage others, and, and to bless our marriages, to bless our kids, to be the men that, God, you called and created us to be. So let us learn from you, Father, and follow you. And God, just as Tim challenged us, God, that we come back to your word every day because we need it. God, we need you in our lives. And so bless every man watching today, Father. Thank you for Tim and for his life. And thank you for all that you're teaching us. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching today. And I just want to encourage you guys. Be watching for the Man Minute. It comes out every Friday. And just ways to stay encouraged and grow in your faith. Hey, dive into God's Word, man. If you need a copy of God's Word, let us know. Reach out to us here at Men's Leadership. And jump into church and be involved, man. Lock arms with other men on this faith journey together. Hey, we love you guys. Be looking for us next month. And blessings on you today.